What's really exciting is I think it feels like it's a bit of a sweet shop for, for everybody at the moment. And there's something that you can pick out of there that really suits your business needs. The, the experience that you have and the talent that you, that you work with is really important. And I've seen that throughout my career, that it's more about the people as opposed to just defining exactly which kind of player you go with. Hello and welcome to season two, episode six of the AdPod. Today I'm chatting with Fern Everall, who is the Global Chief Strategy Officer at Hybrid Theory, and we'll be talking about the service layer. I've worked my entire career within the advertising industry's service layer across a lot of different companies, and it's fascinating how the service layer continues to evolve based on the changing needs of advertisers. I've known Fern for a long time, and she's my favorite person to chat with about the service layer because A, she's worked in many different parts of it, but B, she's super informed and very unbiased on the topic. Anyway, I love this discussion, and all that leads me to say is I hope that you enjoy season two, episode six of The Ad Pod. Hey Fern, welcome to the AdPod. How are you doing? Thanks, mate. Yeah, um, a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, I guess before we get into the sort of conversation around the service layer, would you mind introducing who you are and what you do and a bit about your experience? Yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Fern Everall Potter. I have been in media for around 15 years, although it pains me to say so. Um, I've spent the majority of that career at um, media agency and a year at creative. Um, so you've seen quite a bit of development across the media landscape, but changing and contracting over time. Um, and my most current position is actually um, with Hybrid Theory as their chief strategy officer, where I've kind of delved into the realms of ad tech, um, which has been a fascinating move for me. One that's required a bit of education, but also um, has been a really exciting move to understand how ad tech and product is really becoming a lot more client-centric um, and, and can help solve for a lot of the um, consumer and advertising um, challenges that are out there at the moment. So, yeah, at the forefront of um, understanding, especially what's going on with the, the cookie-less world and, and how we change our service layer um, to meet the needs of, of current advertisers. Awesome. That's great. Um... And it's great to have you on because I know your experience goes, as you just said, goes into different parts of the service layer and kind of very interested to sort of dive into that and how it's evolved. Um, but I think where we try and start most podcasts is sort of by definition. And it'd be great to start with, you know, how do you define the service layer in advertising? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't it, um, it's grown so much. I think if you look at the the delivery or from going from consumer to, to getting an ad in front of somebody through to purchase, the, the amount of players um, um, in that supply chain has changed so much over time. But for me, the service layer is really about how we understand the intersection between technology, data, uh, and media activation, bring all of that together to solve for business outcomes for our advertisers. Um, but also to connect customers to brand experiences. So to make sure that they've got that relevant brand experience. And the service layer is all about being able to connect all of 
those dots together to bring something um, complete to advertisers and um, you know fun and uh, kind of evergreen to to consumers. Cool, that makes total sense by definition. And then I guess kind of you know within the the service layer, as you say, there's a lot of different companies. The supply chain can be quite quite vast. Um, would you mind just sort of like explaining sort of what types of companies exist and, and what they do? I, I was mindful of this question because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to leave a few out. But I think <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, because it is, it's so vast. But um, what's really exciting is I think it feels like it's a bit of a sweet shop for, for everybody at the moment. And there's something that you can pick out of there that really suits your business needs. So um, if we start at the top where the majority of my experience has been around holding companies and those media agencies, I think what they've really got under their under their belt is that global scale, which, as we know, big advertisers require. But I think what's really important, considering um, the latest trends around consumer behaviour, data, privacy and policy, um, is that they've got that localised knowledge, which is which is going to be so beneficial to any global business moving forward to understand, you know, how... Um, regulation in Indonesia around data privacy differs to the, the culture of data in the US, etc. So um, you've got the whole holding companies there that offer that full service and they can integrate technology, um, media um, and creative skills to bring all of that package together. Um, I think the challenges for them at the moment are essentially just that engineering and technology credentials, like how you bring product development within um, within your media ecosystem to be able to remain relevant, but also to drive business outcomes for clients in, in a unique way, something that's kind of innovative. So I'd say you've got the holding companies there, the, the big beast. Um, underneath that, you're probably looking a little bit at the independents and I find these companies fascinating. Um, there has been a huge growth, I think, over the last, we, we kind of, we kind of contracted and consolidated and then um, dispersed again in terms of uh, the services. And from this, you've become, we found independence. However, you know, they do focus a lot on Google and, and um, Facebook, where that majority of advertisers' investment is. I think it's around 80% um, of the um, investment goes into these, these platforms. Um, but essentially the independent can do it really well. They've got partnerships, they've got resellers, their teams and talent are completely focused on being able to maximize the effectiveness of those platforms. Um, I think one of the challenges there in the future is just being able to offer brand differentiation because it comes outside of those platforms um, and being able to really delve into that 20% of what can you do to, to really drive um, competitive advantage. And so holding companies, independents. Um, we talked a little bit about the specialists, I think, before. Um, and again, these companies, there's, there's so much opportunity within um, specialists for the in-housing trend that we've seen over the last couple of, a couple of years. And actually, when you're probably the best place to talk about this, more, maybe more than I am, but they, um, there's great opportunity as brands start in-housing different services and, and different um, types and different channels that the independents can really lend themselves to being able to give depth of talent and depth of knowledge within that space to, to help brands understand how they just execute those channels on in the most effective way. Um, and then we've got the consultants, which I think they're going to remain strong. They're independent of media. You've got uh, a, a vast amount of consultative um, strength within our markets globally. Um, 
there's again some challenges there in terms of how those large documentations, those consultative approaches actually activate into media and connecting those dots but across the ecosystem, I think can be, can be a bit of a challenge, but they do it so well and it's such a necessary um, service for, for a lot of our, a lot of advertisers. Um, and then maybe finally, but it might not be the last one, um, mindful as I said, there's, there's quite a few a few players in the service layer now is, is around data and tech. Um, so the data and tech companies obviously, I feel, and I'm slightly biased at the forefront of, of what's going on in terms of a cookie letter data privacy and policy and just how to make sure that we are integrating data, getting the most insights out of it and being able to activate it into media as effectively um, and as, um, you know, neatly and as, with as much consumer ethics at the heart of what we do as possible. And data and technology companies are really at the forefront of that. They're creating products to be able to deliver um, solutions to businesses and um, experiences to customers that, that really um, go the breadth of, of each of the advertising channels. Now, I think, again, the challenge there is of connecting all of that ecosystem together. Um, but they they seem to be at the forefront of how we can do that just based on the capability within that those types of businesses but also the um the engineering um teams and technology teams that already exist i think that's becoming more and more important as we move into um this kind of new era of, of cookie-less marketing yeah I don't, I don't think you missed any out <laughs> you have like as you say that the, the the holding companies, which are like, you know, it's a, a group of service providers and, and types of companies, the independents, you know, the sort of specialists, which might feature in like one or two different types of services, consultants, mm -hmm. and then it's data and tech. I remember at one point the term consultancy is that was oh, knocking around. And I was like, I was so glad that hasn't stuck. But <laughs> people might call these things different things. But yeah, um, yeah. In, in general, I think we cover them all. Um and, and and recently I was talking to a friend who's like in, not in the industry and I was explaining like what my day job is, which is a consultant that helps with, helps brands. And they said, <laughs> they said, oh, so you work with lazy marketers. And I was, oh, like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, because in their head, they were like, well, maybe the, the brand should be doing this all this themselves. And that there's, maybe there shouldn't be a service layer. The brands could do it themselves. So they got, it really got me to, because th I was like, it really got me to thinking around like, well, why don't they just do it themselves? Like how, I know, great to get your thoughts as well. Like how does the service layer kind of add value? Yeah, no, it's so true. That's, that's really funny actually. But yeah, I can see how that conclusion could be drawn um, from, from the work that we do. But, you know, I, out of all of those players, each of them has a specialist niche and that can add, you know, can add that agility to, to an advertiser's challenges. And I think the, the kind of notion of that we can do everything at once is um is tricky you know we've got a talent train we we are seeing that we need to diversify our capabilities to understand every little nuance that's going on in marketing um and i think for brands and advertisers they really want um partners uh, as opposed to probably just services they want partners that can go on that journey with them offer them the, the flexibility the the connectivity between all of these different channels and devices and consumer trends and, and, and keeping on top of all of the, um, the latest kind of innovation that comes out of advertising. Um, 
so th there's an opportunity for the service layer to develop um, and offer advice, um, kind of consistency across um, across each of the channels and understanding, you know, the past. If you look at kind of a mobile specialist, you're, you're understanding what's happened in the past, how we've got there and what the future looks like. Um, also resources we were talking about there is a bit of a talent drain and being able to bring the resources at scale. Um, definitely from, from coming from a media perspective and those media agencies, the experience that you get along the way and that understanding of different, uh, different advertisers that might have the same challenges, you can bring to light, um, you know, different ways of solving for um, your clients' issues by the experience that you've had. And I think um, that crossover is really important. And we've talked a little bit about how we connect, connecting brands together that might um, have a similar challenge in order for them to kind of solve for, um, solve for those in a different way. Um, and then there's also a finance aspect to it, which we know there's, um, there's always going to be payment days and uh, financial models that when it comes down to looking, you know, the CFO is looking at their cost and profit and business case analysis, that some things work for some companies and, and others don't. So there's, um, there's a degree of a finance angle on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the experience that you have and the talent that you, that you work with with is really important and I've seen that throughout my career that it's more about the people as opposed to um, the people and the model as opposed to just defining exactly which kind of player you go with people are buying more into the relationship and the partnerships now yeah it is such a good point because talent isn't a commodity like you've worked in businesses of like thousands of people and uh, they're not all the same people you know there's like very good people in the same role as someone else and um, and trying to find the right talent and, and skills. It's, it's very hard. And I think yeah. sometimes that's really underestimated by um, some brands, particularly those who might lead more with that sort of commercial way of working with service partners. Um, so yeah, that, that, I couldn't echo that more around how important like good talent is. And um, I think what's becoming interesting like hearing you talk is how the service layer has like expanded there's more optionality for particularly for advertisers and particularly in the past 10 years or so I think since digital in particular brought about a big advent in new types of companies um it'd be great to get your thoughts like how do you think sort of the service layer has really evolved in sort of say the past 10 years <laughs> The past 10 years, I don't like admitting that I, I feel that old in my career. It's not happening. Um, however, I mean, it has, hasn't it? I'm thinking about this and um, a phenomenal growth. I remember, you know, back when I started off in a search specialist agency, and there was like three types of ads that you could that you could um, post up on on Google, Overture, um, I think Alta Vista at the time as well. So um, having gone through specialisms and then into into the holding companies and uh, and then into ad tech it's been a fascinating journey of as we said i think we touched upon it slightly before that consolidation um and then the split uh, you know we had specialists we consolidated it down into holding companies we then went back out to the specialism um and there's been so many so many interesting um, kind of events that across over the last 10 years that actually advertisers have had to adapt to that go actually beyond media itself and things like you know um, 
the culture of privacy, the how consumerism has changed, um, how devices have you know been uh, have, have influenced how we then market and and connect to our customers more than ever. And along that journey, each of the service layers, have said, you know, more companies have come out um, and, and grown from these changes. Um, and the service layers had to respond from a talent perspective, but also from a from a kind of um, working perspective to be able to offer something new and different and kind of try and keep ahead of that curve. If we're going back 10 years, we know, you know, Facebook was just coming about. Um, we didn't have programmatic, which I, I know seems like a lifetime ago, but, you know, all, all these changes, both within media and outside of it, have, have meant that the service layer has definitely um, adapted and evolved over time. And, and what I love about it is there's something for everybody. It's, we've become very agile in the way we work. And I think all these changes, um, the people that work within our industry have really taken the opportunity to, to build something that's different, um, that's innovative. Um, and, you, you know, we, we've worked um, in this industry for a long time. You can't say that it's full of such passionate people. And outside, what comes from that is innovation, um, the, the need and desire to, to build different services that can aid, as I said, consumer experience, which I talk about a lot, as well as advertising, business, advertising solving for business outcomes, which, again, is equally as important. Um, and I think that's what's fascinating. It's so agile now. You can pick and choose your partners, who you want to play with, um, where you want to play, what bits are important to you. And I, I think that's well, that's the exciting part about how far we've come. And I'm sure that that's going to continue based on how we start evolving around a cookie list, how we, how, you know, what's the next device, what the future of CTV, I think we still haven't hit scale with that and, and what that looks like is, is going to generate some really interesting new players in the service layer, but also demand new capabilities, um, which is exciting for people coming into the industry and as old timers. <laughs> as old timers. Yeah, I mean, so, so much has uh, has changed. And I mean, even this week when we're speaking, you know, Group Air, one of the biggest sort of service or media agency there are, they, they're consolidating some of their agencies in some markets and they're putting like multiple brands under one roof and um and it's not change just for the sake of change it's trying to be as i think as relevant as possible for client needs um and with change you know always people get people to roll their eyes and go oh, here we go another new thing or another mm-hmm. re- restructure um but ultimately as you say i think that's what makes it quite exciting people who are passionate trying to create something which is as best as possible for their customers which for us as advertisers and for them it's you know consumers or for businesses so um yeah yeah it's it's sort of never stops exactly it keeps us on our toes and i think you're right that consolidation is is key to being able to i think as well just maintain the talent stream into our business um and being able to offer them teams now we've just opened a new office in london it's been fascinating um after probably a couple of years you know remote working during covid it's been that those moments of inspiration that happen you know at the tea point or by osmosis in the in the lift is where we've really noticed sparks of of of, of new and exciting things that we can deliver on and um i think that's again that change coming out of this pandemic i think will will um 
be a lot of some of the service layers come up with new ideas and, and uh, ways of working um, like, like we haven't before really put this post kind of COVID a little bit of a hangover from it but we're getting together and, and getting more inspired than ever so um, yeah yeah it's, it's really good fun yeah totally with you on that I'm being inspired being around people um <laughs> We've talked a little bit around um, sort of specialists and then maybe general. So like for the listeners, a specialist service provider would be someone who really focuses on one thing. So for example, a paid search agency or um, a a mobile creative um, production company or something versus like a a general service provider will have multiple arms and do lots of different things. And I've, I've in my career worked at both and like, when I was at the specialist side of things, it's like, this is all we do. We live and breathe it. The uh, the general company won't know as much as we do. And then the sort of general company would be like, well, we do everything. We're more integrated. It's better for you. So you get this really interesting like debate between sort of specialist versus generalist. And it'd be great to get your th- thoughts, Fern. Like, where do you stand? Like, what are your thoughts on how sort of specialist providers sort of stack up versus those more general ones? Yeah, that's that's tricky. As we said, I think there's there's something for everybody out there from an advertiser perspective. Um, we, you know, we've seen a huge trend of, of in-housing, and I think this is where the specialists can really help leverage um, the the brands that are looking to in-house because they can get, offer support, talent, and a flexible working model that really enables them to to flourish as you start in-housing your teams. Um, the depth of knowledge, you know, as I said, I started off in a search specialist company and my depth of knowledge in search was um, was really, you know, something I appreciated. I really understood exactly all the nuances that uh, that operated within that channel. However, you're blindsided by the fact that you don't have the context of the broader media strategy. Um, and I think that's something that's really important. Um, these, you know, the halo effects of joining all your channels together, um, which is more important than ever now because you've got, you're trying to deliver a, a customer experience that's unique to that individual uh, based on how they interact with the brand um, across multiple channels, across, a, you know, a fragment, a fragmented buying environment um, and, and to plan and to execute that unique context and a kind of a wider lens of exactly of the consumer behaviours and how other channels impact each other. Um, so I think it is up to the brands to understand exactly how they want to play is it is it a bit of ease of having a one-stop shop that can deliver across the board or is there a um is there a need to deep dive into one specific channel that potentially is it could be the most important channel to that advertiser and therefore they really want to maximize the effectiveness and and get the most out of um that you know that remit Um, so I think both have a part to play. Um, it, it's up to the strategy uh, of the brand and the advertiser as to how they want to utilise those different services. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that there isn't a one size fits all. Like I love, maybe that's because I'm now such a <laughs> such a consultant. <laughs> but but I, 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 I love that. <laughs> I, I love that how it can vary by brand based on their needs. It's great. And I also think one of the things we've seen in more recent years is how so tech companies have been bolstering out their service layers as well. So previously, you know, if you're dealing with, let's just say a company beginning with G 
and you'd contact them and you'd go into like a ticketing list, you get an email back. There's basically no service. <laughs> Uh, and, and now some of these companies, they've got like, you know, direct to brand teams or like they sit within the agency. Um, they can be much more direct than they ever have been. Um, yeah. Well, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? How do you think sort of tech companies can provide value in service alongside sort of more service only companies? Yeah, it's really fascinating. And I feel, um, you know, that that's something that hybrid theory we we've seen a, a, a trend on that we're we're working a lot more with clients directly um, to bring together that connectivity I think between media data and technology and being able to use our products to enable um, clients to differentiate and the service layer is that consultatively anything from managed service all the way through to consultative we can offer that kind of flexibility between the two um, and anything in between to be honest but built on a technology platform that is all about aggregating data, generating insights, executing the media, um, and delivering strong recommendations into the business. Um, but I think what we've seen from a, from a client perspective, the CMO role has really changed into this connective role. And what I mean by that is connecting their internal teams together, for example, you know, advertising, marketing, uh, sales, uh, customer service everything is becoming a lot more connected and and for that and for that purpose they're more measured so what we're seeing again is that these the marketing team is becoming more of a profit center than a cost center as it originally was and there's a there's a desire to be able to integrate integrate ad tech and martech together to go okay well if we spend a media dollar here what does that mean for product sales over here and bringing all of that wealth of information together enables us to execute um, media in a really effective manner. Um, and that's where data and technology companies have, have really got uh, a, an advantage because they can understand the pipe work that's required to deliver that connectivity and report back on the return on investment. So um, there's, there's, definitely, uh, there's definitely an increasing desire for, for that um, that service and I think we've definitely seen growth of ad tech and data companies having more of a service layer because they intersect all of that and because the brands are pushing for for more connectivity across their across media data and technology yeah that's such a good point about what that driver is and, and can, connectivity is it um yeah that's so it's fascinating and the other thing I find interesting about the service layer is sort of the different size and shapes of the companies. So like maybe you get you know, like very small independent specialists or you get like, you know, 150,000 people or whatever it is at WPP. You get, you know, sort of all ends of the spectrum. And maybe maybe this is like my massive bias working at <laughs> a smaller consultancy. But like I think the pandemic has made advertisers um think a bit more or consider small to medium-sized businesses a bit more and the value that they can add versus say the traditional ways big holding companies would work i think mainly through specialism and and also flexibility and agility um i'd be interested to know if you if if a hopefully you agree if not we can discuss but but b (laughs) but b like do you see more opportunities for like these small to medium-sized businesses to sort of add value in the service layer yeah, and, and and luckily, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I'm riding that same wave. I think there's what's really exciting, as as we might have spoken about previously, is that the um, 
this opportunity has really enabled companies to find little nuggets of opportunity that we can that we can innovate on. And um, I think that's really exciting for brands and advertisers as they, you know, we, we don't want to normalize through the, you know, the platforms like Facebook and, and Google. We, they, they offer a, you know, a one-stop experience for consumers. So as we said, outside of that, we've got to offer ways to be different. Um, and I think advertisers are looking to data, technology, and, and partners that can just really offer that competitive advantage. I think there are definitely challenges, which is probably where yourself and, and consultancies come in, that how do you navigate all of those small partners to bring them together into something consistent, measurable, and effective? Um, but it, when you do, you, what you've got is a, a differentiation that is, that is really exciting. So I'm um, I'm in total agreement. I think there's there's opportunities here um, for for brands to try and you know work with consultants to navigate those smaller partners to build something that's really different and and um, and beautiful that that consumers love and that obviously drive their brand goals. Um, but there's also a lot of flexibility in working with the different partners. I think there's a, the flexible working models. You know, we offer, as I said, everything from managed service to consultancy and everything in between. And it, it enables um, our clients to work with us on a project basis or for a specific use case or for a channel, for example. And, and that flexibility, I think, is exciting for advertisers as well. They can kind of pick and choose how they work with you in a modular way. Um, and we've got the talent to be able to adapt to each of those the scenarios. Um, so I think the key is, as we talked about connectivity, um, but to do to do that in interesting ways, we know it's going to be a little bit more difficult to start with as you try and connect all those partners together. Um, and, and as we can imagine, measurement's going to get more and more complicated, but I'm sure, um, I'm sure there'll be ways around that. It's not a topic I want to delve into today. <laughs> another time. <laughs> we'll get you on for another episode of management. We could talk for ages about that, but um this this discussion has been so good and like there's there's so many takeaways around how the service layer has evolved who's who is involved um but the thing which stands out the most to me has been everything has been very positive so sometimes you see companies will bash smaller companies or bigger companies but it's like well it's very dependent on what a brand in particular would need and it's just trying to find what's right for them. And there's all sorts of companies in the service layer who can do that. Um, so it's more around trying to differentiate yourself in the service layer as opposed to think to criticizing others. Because uh, as yeah. we said, sort of no one size fits all. So um, uh, thanks, Fran. This conversation has been amazing. I, I guess finally, um, if people are interested in what's been discussed, kind of where's best to follow you and how they kind of follow hyper theory for like updates and news. Oh, thanks, Wayne, and great conclusion. I couldn't agree more. And thank you again so much for having me on. Uh, it's been great to chat. Find us, have a look on hybridtheory.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn uh, or myself as well, just connect. Um, and we are at Programmatic Pioneers as well in May, which I'm really looking forward to getting the, getting everybody together. It's going to be fantastic to, to all be in the same room again. Um, um, yeah, so thank you so much for allowing me a bit of uh, airtime. No, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Fern. Well, that's it for another episode of the Ad Pod. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did and that you got plenty from it because that's the point of the Ad Pod and that's why we do it. Anyway, until next time, stay safe. <laughs>